0: News radio broadcasting Series of KCAA, ten fifty a.m., one hundred two point three FM, and one hundred six point five FM, located in beautiful sunny California. Thanks for tuning in to the Water Zone Show. Good afternoon. My name is Rob Star. I'll be your host for today, and uh, we're going to have, I guess, a couple of other co-hosts on. Uh, Mr. Chris Davies is calling in from Florida. We're trying to patch him in. I know he wants to wants to say hi to everybody, and uh, then and this week is our act show as well. And then we have Miss Iggy Biscona, who will be. On with her guests in a few minutes on that. So, right now, uh, our engineer Nick is giving uh, Christy instructions on how how to call in. Some important information about debt. Whether you have a first or second, I hear another uh, show going. There we go. Much better. I didn't know who that was (laughs) doing that. So, I hope everybody's had a great week. Uh, Unfortunately, here in California, both north and south, we have tons of fires, and that's pretty hectic for everybody. A lot of lost lives, and that's pretty sad and uh i don't know i just uh again I, every week it's like we're giving our our wishes and prayers to all these families and 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 uh, the people who go out and help save them and, and do things so uh again we we wish everybody uh our, our best wishes and, and sympathy, and and uh, hope we can all rally around all of this and make it even better. You know, so going forward, I won't get teary-eyed anymore. We do have some special guests uh, coming up. Uh, we have on the phone Ms. Margot Boyer and Mr. George Schmoke from uh, uh, Landscape Communications, and they do a lot of different things. He's uh, George is the uh, purveyor of uh, Landscape Online. Um, another m- magazine called Landscape Architect And Landscape Contractor And he's also the producer of the Landscape Expo Which took place a couple weeks ago in Long Beach And that was an excellent show And we're going to kind of follow up with them And, and see how that went uh, George and Margo, are you there?
1: Yeah, we yep. are. Good, good, good,
0: good, good, good We hear you um, I, I guess you're calling in from a speakerphone If you can get a little more closer to that We'll try to EQ yep. up And get you a little bit stronger So everybody can hear you <clears throat> So, um I get back here to my my stuff so how did the show go tell us a little about uh, the show I know I was there and it was uh very crowded
2: <laughs> that's that's always good yeah it was it was a good show for uh, you know our attendance was up a little bit from last year and last year was a good good year and and the seminars were well attended the exhibit hall sold out uh, we had about two hundred exhibitors in there and uh, about twenty five hundred or so uh, professionals non non-exhibitor attendees you know landscape Contractors, installers, builders, maintenance professionals, uh, the schools, the cities, the cemeteries, the, the you know maintenance pros, just just about you know tree arborists, everybody really, uh, irrigation, a lot of irrigation professionals at at the show. It was uh, it was really good.
0: Good, 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 good. Yeah, I know we, we were there as our, our company was there, and um, in the bus we were going around doing uh, interviews with some people, and uh, it was pretty exciting. I think a lot, of <clears throat> a lot of people got to take a look at all the new technologies. I know myself, I, I came to our booth uh, just to see how they were doing, and I got caught up into answering lots of questions from the uh, attendees, which was good. That's what we, everybody's there for. And uh, it, was, it, was a very, it was a very good show. The seminars, what, what kind of seminars did you have?
1: We had um, over 50 seminars, and they were in different categories. Irrigation um, was quite highly um, attended, actually. It's quite interesting. I was looking at the uh, most highly attended seminars, and out of the top 15, I think it was something like 9 or 10 were irrigation ones with you know anything up to 70 people in each seminar.
0: Yeah, I know uh, talking to some of the people that we did interviews with, they said they were very good... Uh, you know, lessons and, and seminars and conferences and stuff. They were they've much enjoyed it. Got learned a lot of stuff there. So that was that was good. We saw a lot of people from the cities and uh, the parks and recreation and school districts, as you said, cemeteries and contractors and things. So I think it was a, a good mix of people who really need to know what's going on in the industry and see what's see what's available out there. So that was pretty good. Uh, you know, your 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 show took up quite a bit of room in that place. I was uh, not surprised, but you had a lot of stuff in the different areas of the uh, convention center.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, we had a new layout this year. The uh, uh, We used the arena there with the Wyland mural on it uh, in Long Beach, and uh, it was the first time we've ever had that. So we had three separate, or actually four kind of different exhibit halls at the arena, and that was, that was really well attended, and it was packed, and then that transitioned into the center hall, and uh, we had a party in there in the Green Industry Hall of Fame, and, uh, you know, that was that was kind of fun. And then uh, outside we had an outdoor demonstration area where we had Tree Academy. They were doing live tree trimming and pruning and that, and there was a couple of irrigation seminars out there showing uh, some guys that using uh, glue and then another on smart irrigation. And we had an outdoor demonstration where uh, – uh, there was equipment out there that people could actually get on and test drive and operate the controls, and uh, that was good. I think the Kawasaki was out there, and JCEB, and uh, D Hallett and Kubota uh, yeah. was out there uh, uh, with that. And, and then the main hall, uh, which was packed with a ton of just everything, equipment. We had a 90,000-ton uh, crane in there for moving trees.
0: Yeah, that thing and, was huge.
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a... <laughs> Uh, so it was really spread out this year. And Then the, the seminars were way down. Out the other thing, it was it was off, it was very a linear right. kind of a trade show. But it, <laughs> I think it went. You know, signage could have been better.
0: Yeah. Well, next time for your outdoor uh, sessions, you know, I'll donate my house. You guys can send people over to do some work around my place. That would be really nice with the new equipment. Um, you know,
2: so, you know, uh, if, it, so, uh, we'll have to think of a video platform to keep going <laughs> on with.
0: Absolutely. Um, you, you had uh, a list of exhibitors that are going to be up on the 2019 on your website?
2: It, yeah, everybody. Uh, we, you know, the, the show is good, and uh, the exhibitors have, have a tremendous amount, actually a record amount renewed for the next year. And if you go to Landscape Online, we have a this huge product search engine that we've been working on for years, and, and especially over the last year, where if you're looking for... Uh, you, you can look for pergolas and benches and and that kind of stuff, and then every everything you can think of. Irrigation is that Lan- is in this search engine for landscapeonline.com, and, uh, and and all of the exhibitors and everything that they sell, you can find every. There's about a hundred or so that have signed up already for for next year, and uh, they're all. You can see all the products. You can reach out to them. There's ways to c- connect and you know ask for uh, bids and quotes, and uh, so. Uh yeah, it's already time to start interacting with the exhibitors for next year.
0: <laughs> well, you you did you did, I got to tell you you did a great job both of you uh did a great job at that and your staff. Um you you brought together a whole bunch of different associations as well aside from the the general uh, maintenance people and things and, and who are some of those?
1: Oh, we had lots. One in particular I'm very um personally fond of cuz I think it's going to have a huge impact on uh, landscape contractors, and that's the Association of Compost Producers. Um, there's, a, there's actually lots of legislation out there that landscape contractors don't know about, that they need to know about that, um, from, well I'm not very good at explaining all these rules and regulations, but um, they need to come to some of the seminars that they'll be running to learn about what they should and shouldn't do regarding composting. And then the other people, um, there's the um, ISA, WISA, there's the Hispanic Arborist Association, which we do amazing um, seminars, and we partner with the WISA. Mm-hmm. Um, PAPA is another one, which is very important—the uh, pesticide people—and the DPR—that's um, another pesticide. That's the California Department of Pesticide Regulation. And uh, we actually hold—we're um, a facility where around oh, 400 people come and attend their examination. So that's kind of cool. Wow. Um, we have other organisations such as Class Fund for the um, Landscape Architectural um, Scholarship Fund and um, Sizdeck. We're actually going to do more with that next year, and um, that's pretty that's to do with sediment and erosion control. And um, we might do examinations next year.
0: Oh, okay. So uh, for next year, what special sections are we going to have?
2: Well, who wants to take that? I'll take. <laughs> you, I'll take a look at that. You know that. Uh, <laughs>
0: Wait, I don't, go, just a second, hey, Chris. Are you on the line?
2: I'm right
1: here, guys. How are you? Okay. Uh,
0: and I, I won't mention where you are in case somebody stalkers want to find you, but you, <laughs> but, but, but you're, got a, you got about
1: three thousand miles to go.
0: That's that's right. I, I will jump in and 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 uh, you can you can ask some questions as well.
1: I just thought it was a great show, uh, and Margo, I know that we that uh, we talked a couple of ideas for um, uh, for next year looking forward to it any any notice or any any ideas about changing the venue at all does it look like long Beach is going to be the
2: place to be for the foreseeable future I think uh, Long Beach is going to be you know pretty well committed to long Beach it's, it's been the site of a landscape show for about 20 or 25 years now and we've been doing it there for the last almost 10 and so it's uh, it's just kind of where everybody knows to go and it's, it's the city's great too you know it's a really great place to so if you get a chance, it's always best to come and spend the night down there. You go to the Queen Mary or the Hyatt or the, you know, there's all kinds of hotels and there's a ton of restaurants and nightclubs and piano bars and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fun place really to be.
0: My wife won't let me do those things anymore.
2: <laughs> well, there's, there's golf and there's shopping down 2nd Street. Remember that? There's always no, shopping.
0: Shopping, she'll go and she likes La Opera.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, oh, they go, well they have that at the at the convention center. They have that opera house right there. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So your wife's going to have to show up.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. She she will. <laughs> we'll get her to do that. So for next year, you're I hear you're expanding on the water conservation area.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're certainly trying. We're, we certainly want to. You know, water of course is one of the most important topics in all of Southern California and the Southwest. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, if not the world, but you know, in our area particularly, especially with landscape. So we're we're you know going to be adding seminars to the area out there. We've dedicated an entire wing, really, of the trade show uh, to water conservation, and, uh, with, and we're we're having seminars out there. Some of the leading educators in the in the state—I uh, don't really know who they are. We just know that they all want to participate, so we can say that they're going to be leading because all the leaders want to do it.
0: <laughs> hey, you should get you should get some people from the Department of Water Resources and them come and talk about the. Uh, Modern efficient landscape water ordinance and things of that sort because I think a lot of people need to hear that stuff. There you
2: go. There you oh, go. Yeah,
1: Just put this put us in contact and we we'll sorted
0: out. Well, let, let us know how we can help. Both Chris and I uh, do a lot of things with them, and we can uh, hook you up if you are, if you don't even know them, but now, but we can do that. And then, you know, one thing that was really impressive to me was the design center that you had. I guess this is that was your second year in a row that you did this. No, this is
2: actually this will be the second year oh, okay. coming up. Okay. That was the first year that we had it. We we used to have uh, the landscape architect expo. Also, you know, we had this show and we tried to 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 make a dedicated show for landscape architects. And there's just not enough landscape architects in the in this area. To we have you know we have twenty five hundred people that going to the uh, landscape expo plus exhibitors, and we were only getting five or six hundred landscape architects there. So oh. we're but we get. 100 or 200 of them show up at the Landscape Expo, So we've and landscape contractors, too, that do the installation and that. They're always looking for great ideas, pergolas, outdoor kitchens are really big, you know, and pools and lighting and all that. So we're going to be expanding on that as well to bring the designers in, and, and it's going to be right next to the water conservation. So we're going to try to tie in a lot of design. You know, the designers really are the first to the front line for water conservation. Well, if they design the projects correctly with the right plant materials, with the right kind of irrigation systems, with the right slopes and swales and those kind of things, then uh, uh, then water is used most efficiently. And so we want to encourage them uh, as much as possible to get involved. You know, as really as much as possible, because more and more get involved in the in the industry. That the, the superintendents they know. They're spending. They see the bills. They see the water bills. They know what, what what the what the issues are, and the designers can be a little you know uh, not I was going to say cavalier, but they but not cavalier, but indifferent sometimes to uh, the water aspects. They they're looking for a great design. They want to sell a project. They they want something to be livable and to be comfortable, and and a lot of times that involves green, and a lot of times that involves over watering. So if we can convince them and show them. How important it is to, uh, and how easy it is, really, to to conserve water. You know, what are the what are the simple things that a landscape architect or a, a top level designer could do on a grand scale, or a builder, that you know builders as well. You know, Lennar Homes and those kind of people. They have they're working on, on square miles of, of land, and uh, if they save just five percent, ten percent of water in everything they do. Is, is good, so that's why we're, we're we're looking to bring that design center into the, the
0: landscape expo. Oh, that's a great idea. I know one of the things that you were discussing with other people, and, and I kind of overheard that is the, and uh, especially it's appropriate this year, and I'm sure it's going to be way important next year. Is as I mentioned at the top of the show, all the fires that we're having in northern and southern California. And I know you were talking about having some people from Cal Fire discuss fire prevention and and, mm-hmm. and and potential responsibilities that the landscape community has. And I think putting that together with irrigation people and, and, and architects, I think that's going to be really, really important. Because, you know, we, we just lost billions of dollars, aside from lives, we've lost billions of dollars uh, in, in in these different cities of, of structures and businesses and things. And, and uh, so that's got to be of a, a great importance coming down the road.
2: Oh well, yeah, that's that, that's super. You know, I remember when the Laguna fires, were here in Southern California in Orange County, and I don't know, 15, 16 years ago, maybe maybe longer, and there was a slope, and at the top of the slope, there was a string of houses, and maybe 10 houses. Nine of them were burnt to the ground. One of them was untouched, and that was the one that had the correct landscape, you know, <laughs> all around the house. They'd, you know, everybody let the, the plant material grow right up to the yards, and, and in, in Malibu, you know, we're seeing that where where it's understandable. You want to have privacy. You want to have plant material right up to your house. You want the shade. You want the coolness. Yep. Uh, you know, you want those kind of things. But there are certain kinds of plant material that, that are uh,
1: fire resistant.
2: Fire resistant, Right. I had a friend, Frank Manwarren, who worked for Rock and Waterscape. They used to do projects all over the world building water features. Mm-hmm. And he was a fireman, though, too. <laughs> and he, he came to my house one time and looked at a plant in the front yard and he goes, tear that thing out. That's an oil plant. We fire. I forget exactly what he called it, but he, I, I had to tear it out that day because right. he, he wanted me to. He, it was going to explode if there was ever a fire. And lo and behold, five or six years later, just uh, well, last year we had the fire in our backyard. Right. Uh, you, you know, and we didn't have those plant materials going up, so it's so important, to oh. landscape people.
0: Uh, to well, I, I, uh, that's great advice. I wouldn't know the difference between. One bush or one tree or one anything uh, different. I just know what I think looks nice or whatever. My wife knows all these names of things, but I don't. Uh, I I know the one thing, was it called Agapatha? I think that's it. And when it it blooms, I can't stand the smell of it. It just does something crazy to me. I hate it. Oh, I like it. Yeah, she loves (laughs) the color of it, but it just... It it, it, it it does something weird, weird to me. I just don't like it at all. And speaking of that, you you had some, uh, you know, you're looking in the future to do some more of the sculpture garden plus stuff, and, and you did a lot of stuff with the Tree Academy. They've been there, and I guess they're going to continue to be a partner with you on some of these things.
2: Yeah, yeah the uh, trees, you know, arborist arbor care is a huge huge thing with the landscape. You know, I don't know if you can hear that. I have a dog in the backyard who's howling to get in. So if, if you hear something that sounds, like a wailing animal, he's okay.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: not me. <laughs>
0: You're not having that for dinner, are you? No. <laughs>
1: actually, last track. We talking about Jose Mercado so and account. the I'd say and the Tree ac- Academy, and yeah, that's yeah. all. That's all. Um, I think it's 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 so good because it's um, actually demonstrating it. You know, outside, you actually you know touch it, feel it type thing,
2: as opposed to just sitting in a workshop. Yeah. yeah, Long Beach is great. They let us. They actually let us do the work on the trees out there. So we had the ISA, and then it's, it's with them the Western ISA, uh, and, and then Jose Mercado. He's also involved there, and and all these hands-on seminars. It, they're just they're they're great. You know, safety. Really, with the trees, it's more about safety and and then timing and the proper way to pruning and just taking care of plant material. So. Yeah.
1: Actually, I've had a long chat with um, Scott at Toro today, who signed up um, this year for the. So actually they've got themselves a bigger booth no. and um they want to there be involved <laughs> <laughs> well, and they, they want um they want to um have a say or have a chance to speak at the seminar as well with some interesting um subjects so that'll be exciting we well, should to get chris, you should
0: get chris to speak right chris
1: i'll do it yeah chris, there. Do i've you. actually done classes there
0: before yeah so Chris, Chris is a good guy. I, 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 I give him my support. Also, also one of the things that we saw, a couple of things we saw that the uh, John Deere pink tractor for breast cancer was there. So my old buddy Nick Fedorov was there. So that was uh, that was good. And uh, so now, now I understand you got uh, a new app coming out. Yeah.
2: Well, you know, this this is the the new age we're living in here. So. Uh uh, right about the beginning of the year, we'll release the next year's app. Last year, you know, a lot of trade shows don't release apps. their apps until a month or so before the show. But we're going to use it as a tool to communicate throughout the year. Uh, you know, we have these exhibitors that are up online, and we're right now, by the way, Chris, we are soliciting to look for people that want to speak, you know, for next year's uh, conference. So, uh, uh, you know, I'm not sure Mark will reach out to you. But if anybody out there really has a good uh, Background and and has a subject that they they want to speak about. Please let us know. And, yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, I get always get distracted. Oh, yeah, that's
0: me. <laughs> <laughs> no so, any anything uh, else special going on as we uh, get close to our our break here? But uh,
2: well, just uh, you know that just the growth of the show. We're looking forward to next year. We are looking forward. Oh, you're talking about the app too. You know that's going to be available. We'll be communicating all year long with with attendees and of help them to get off the email chain and, uh, and and this is the time where we are really planning for next year so you can go to landscapeonlinecom you can give us suggestions or or uh, sign up to, to present a seminar there or uh, you know just get involved let us know what you want to find want to see and Margo's great she'll she'll hand it down and and it'll be at the show for you yeah and and, so, um, and
0: anybody who hasn't gotten to landscape online you should and and their publications are great tell you a lot of stuff and they cover well, wow, they cover people, they cover technology, they cover products. It's 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 really good to go to. So, we appreciate you guys coming on today and, and doing a follow up with this. And we certainly want to have you back here in a couple of weeks talk about some other other things that you're doing. And uh, so, well, thanks, thanks for having us. Uh, are yeah, as I told you, anytime, any place, we'll be glad to have you on. We we love you guys. Very good. All right, <laughs> well, we're gonna take we're gonna take a little break and we'll be back in uh, just two minutes. Just a word from some of our other sponsors. Okay, we're back to the Water Zone show, and I'm going to turn it over now to uh, our host of the Act Show, Miss Inge Biskoner, and her guest. And uh, Chris, are you still there? I guess Chris, Chris left. So, Inge, are you there?
3: I, I certainly am.
0: Okay, it's all yours.
3: All right, thank you, Rob. Um, it's a pleasure to uh, host the show tonight for our agricultural topics with my guest, Claire Erlinger, who is the lead instructor... On horticulture at Miracosta College. Welcome to the show, Claire. Hi, Inge, and thanks for having me on. You're very welcome. And it sounds like um, Chris is in Florida, and so are you. I don't know what's going on in Florida, but a I lot know, of people on, on this show.
0: Well first, well, well, first, this Claire, do you know Chris? I do
3: not. <laughs> okay, good. Uh-huh. We won't start the rumors. We
0: won't start the rumors. I'll be quiet.
3: Well, I don't know what you're doing in Florida, but we had a spectacularly beautiful day here in. Um, San Diego County, and I don't know if it can be topped, but um, I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad, Claire, that you were able to uh, call in this evening to tell us about some things that are going on both with you and with the MiraCosta College um, uh, Horticulture Department. So, um, without further ado, I'll introduce you to the uh, listening audience, and then we'll dive into those uh, topics. So, Claire is the lead horticulture instructor at Miracosta College. And for those of you who may not know exactly what horticulture is, it may be confusing with agriculture, but, you know, basically horticulture is the production of fruits, nuts, and veggies, and ornamental plants and flowers, all the things that Rob and his previous guests were talking about from the landscape show. So it's kind of a uh, tweener between between ag and landscape. So Claire heads up uh, that department at... um, Our uh, homegrown MiraCosta College in in Oceanside also has a campus here in Cardiff-by-the-Sea. And she's responsible for managing all aspects of the department, which she's done very well over the last 14 years, Claire. Is that how long you've been there now?
4: I guess so, yeah. I'm in my 15th year of teaching there. Wow.
3: (laughs) Wow, it's amazing. I remember when you first came on board at MiraCosta, and it didn't seem like it was 14 or 15. Time flies when you're having fun.
1: But, sure you're from,
3: but you hail from Cincinnati, and you actually taught at Cincinnati State for 24 years. You were the chair mm-hmm. in the landscape court department chair there, and also um, were you were an online instructor there for a couple of years, which if we have time, I'd like to touch on that uh, here locally in California, too. You have okay. a uh, Bachelor of Science from uh, Michigan State in Ornamental Hort and Ag Education and a uh, Master's in Education and Personnel Training and Development. Certified Irrigation Technician through the IA, that's really great. Lead Green Associate, and you're a member of the Irrigation Foundation. So, um, thanks for um, the work you do, Claire, and uh, for being on the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your, your background in Ohio and how you ended up working in horticulture and education and coming all the way over to California.
4: Yeah, really. Funny story. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Long long trip, yeah. Um, I actually grew up in Michigan and um, lived in East Lansing, so uh, I was worried you go to school in Michigan State, just right around the corner. And um, I kind of started in, um, I knew I wanted to be in science, so as a young, you know, 18, 19-year-old, I thought, well, I'll be in, you know, I love helping people, maybe the medical field. So I kind of got into a little bit of medical technology and I thought, Yeah, no, you're just in a lab all day. That doesn't sound good. And I thought, well, I'll go into medicine and uh, got into the pre-med department and started going through that and found out that they don't see the light of day. And I thought, I just can't live like that. So.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, that
4: would be awesome <laughs> for you for sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> so um, I actually was uh, a part-time babysitter for some of the horticulture professors, and so I asked them one day, and I said, "Well, what do you think about that? You know, that sounds kind of interesting. I've always been interested <laughs> in nature and plants and gardening and all that." And he said, "Well, it's kind of a funny place for a woman, but yeah, you could, you know,
1: and, you know." It's,
4: Great place to meet, guys. That kind of thing. Okay. (laughs) So it kind of started that way. And then as I got into the horticulture department there, um, I started being a TA for some of the professors. And I thought, I really love education. So while I was going there, I did ornamental horticulture plus education. I did meet my husband there. So we're both um, graduates of that program and in horticulture. And um, as soon as he graduated, he got a job at the... Cincinnati Zoo and Botanical Garden, and at that point, um, you know, we were engaged, and I was going to be moving there, so I was looking for a teaching job and found one actually teaching at the zoo, so this was before I actually got to the technical college and taught high school for a few years, and then um, got into the community college program and, and taught horticulture there for, I think, as you said, about 24, 25 years or so. And um, then San Diego called, and my husband um, took a position at the uh, San Diego Botanic Garden, which was Coil Botanical Gardens at that time. And so I came along and said, this will be great. Maybe I can relax. And it's like, no, <laughs> found a job teaching again. And so I interviewed for the job at um, MiraCosta College. And funny thing, they said, well, we need you to teach irrigation. And so I'm like, oh, no. (laughs) I grew up in (laughs) Michigan,
3: Ohio.
4: Oh, my God. You're the plant lady.
3: You're the plant lady. (laughs) I don't know irrigation, (laughs) right?
0: Yeah, I don't
4: know
3: any irrigation, but okay.
4: And and actually, that summer, a friend of mine um, was going to a faculty academy that was sponsored by the IA Irrigation Association in Phoenix, and she said, hey, why don't you come and, you know, join me, and it's it's a free conference. You know, I got the hotel room. Just come on along and see what you can find out. And I thought, oh, thank goodness. So I uh, went to the first uh, faculty academy there of mine. Actually, it was the second one in existence, I think. They'd done it the year before, too. And I was, like, drinking from the fire hose, wide-eyed, and learning all this stuff about irrigation. And while I was actually there at the conference, I got a phone call saying, hey, you got the job at New York Costa." <laughs> so, oh, wow. That, oh, thank goodness I'm here! And so I made lots of contacts and got um, names of of people that could help me get a class together. Because not only was it a subject I wasn't familiar with, I had to teach five hours straight in an evening. <laughs> like, oh my goodness, <laughs> I was just going to work. So, um, so anyway, it, it finally all worked out, and I got some loads of help from the Irrigation Foundation. Um, lots of people in the industry just, you know, volunteered to come and speak to my classes and gave me ideas for labs and things we could do, and it's just been fantastic ever since then. So, But I definitely owe it all to other people in the industry supporting um, my efforts as an irrigation teacher.
3: Well, you were a good student because, my goodness, last September, and actually in uh uh, Orlando at the show at the Irrigation Association's annual show, you received um, you know the preeminent educator award, uh, the Excellence in Education Award, and um, it's just amazing that you know just a few years earlier you didn't know anything about irrigation. So
0: it is <laughs> really possible true. to come
3: to come <laughs> from a medical background or you know like a med school <laughs> track and uh, learn about plants and have a successful career in horticulture and teaching and actually uh, rise to the top of the IA's um, uh, Education Award. So congratulations on that award. I saw you receive it. I was very happy for you. Uh-huh. Very well-deserved, <laughs> absolutely well-deserved. Um, it's, uh, it's called the Excellence in Education Award, and it recognizes a person who is actively teaching or has taught agriculture or landscape irrigation, water management, and or water conservation in affiliation with a two- or four-year institution. So, Congrats, and uh, I, bet, I bet that felt pretty good to get that award.
4: Oh, my gosh. It was quite an honor. Um, it was totally unbelievable when uh, Chris Keating called me and said, hey, we selected you, and I'm going, oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's crazy because, you know, all the other people that are getting these awards have all these initials after their names and PhDs and, you know, been active in the industry probably way longer than I have, Um but it was really great to be recognized and to um, be able to, to kind of give credit to all the people that have helped me from the yeah. association, and and also to have a community college recognized as well. Right. Because um, we we're really on the front lines training, you know, the landscape contractors, the gardeners, the people that, um, you know, really don't know a lot about irrigation. They just know, hey, you put it in and yeah. turn it on you know, supposed to work, you
3: know. (laughs) Yeah, and to do a better job of irrigating, which we Mm -hmm. know we need to do, we need to conserve water and be more productive with it, it's Mm -hmm. the guys and gals on the ground in the field that need to have the right equipment and then the right behavior in programming those controllers. Otherwise, a lot -hmm. of of water gets wasted, as we all know. (laughs) So (laughs) I think when I was reading about your award, uh, about your interview, uh, you said that your favorite part about teaching students' irrigation is, quote, uh, when their eyes light up to those aha moments and they begin to understand how everything works together to save water and maintain healthy
1: plants.
3: (laughs) So can you give a a quick example or two uh, before we move on to the next subject, which is your new ag sustainable ag program, but uh, do you have maybe an example of a student that said, wow, that's cool, that works?
4: (laughs) Yeah, it is funny, you know, sometimes they'll you know, go home from a class, and they'll say, I did exactly what we did in class last night at home. I, I tested this, or I, you know, maybe they did an audit, or they, you know, they learned about a new spangled, you know, nozzle, and they went home and bought them and put them on, and they it unbelievable how this works, you know, or, or my neighbor was just asking me the same question, and and then you'll get others that are puzzled, you know, for a little bit, especially when it gets into pressure and flow, and, and how that all works out, and how you, you know, zone out things and um, they'll start asking questions and more questions and more questions. And it's like, oh, I finally get it, you know. Or, or we do a demonstration out where we set up a loop system and we run through pressure and flow and they can mm-hmm. monitor it at several different points around the, the system. And it's kind of a hands-on thing where, like, 20 or 30 students are all participating in this exercise and it's really cool. I just I was so excited when I was grading their second test here that I asked them a question, you know, what do you do if you've got too low a pressure? You know, what could be the cause and what do you do about it? And man, yep. so far everybody's getting a home run on the answers to that. So I'm just thrilled that they're they're finally getting it. And uh, we got a couple more weeks of the semester so they'll They'll get a lot more. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yes, they will. And actually, Claire, I remember one of those aha moments in a lab that I helped you teach many, many moons ago. Oh, wow, yeah. When we did a can test and tested the uniformity of an irrigation system, I think it was on campus, and mm-hmm. it was horrible. And then we simply changed out the sprinkler nozzles. Hopefully they were twirl. Um, and, um, <laughs> and And just by changing the nozzles out, it came up. You know, I mean, it was yes. you know, in it's the amazing. 80s or 90s, just by changing that, nothing to do with piping or pressure or mm-hmm. it, it, it was just wrong equipment that was in the field and
4: exactly. nobody could yeah. believe
3: that we went from 50 to 90 percent uniformity with that.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, again, yeah, uh, congratulations on this award mm-hmm.
3: and um, it's very well deserved. I was very happy to see you get it. Now, tell us um, about this new program at um, Miracosta, and, and it actually tells about the other programs that you have, too, what sorts of degrees you have available, um, what are students typically doing after they get them, and then we can dive into the sustainable ag degree.
4: Okay, great. Yeah.
3: So right now we offer um,
4: a mini-certificate in irrigation technology, so they get a little bit of, um, if there's somebody maybe working in the field that just needs to kind of upgrade and, you know, their skills and get kind of brushed up on the latest technology. We'll have them take our sustainable landscape management course, um, irrigation and water management, and then um, usually maybe a landscape uh, design course, and, and sometimes even AutoCAD to kind of get them more into the sort of the design end of it. And um, they can do that in really less than a year, a couple semesters, and they can knock that certificate out. And then we have six other larger certificates that can be used. As a standalone, or they can combine it with general education and get an associate degree. And some of our students are, you know, just wanting the certificate, others want the degree, and then still they'll even take it all and transfer up to a four year university. So they all come in wanting something different and kind of walking out with something different depending on their needs. Um, so the other programs that we have um, are landscape architecture, which is an interesting one that. With an associate degree in landscape architecture, they can actually sit for a landscape architecture exam if they have the requisite five years of experience. So it helps waive one of the years of experience that they have, so a need for that, which is kind of cool. And then um, we've got a viticulture and oenology program, sustainable landscape and turf management, a nursery production, and a new pest control advisor in addition to the uh, sustainable ag that we'll get into a little bit deeper here.
3: Okay. Well, you know, it's it's just a godsend that we have this college and these programs in our community because, you know, you really you really need people who know what they're doing um, for all the landscaping that we have and all the home mm-hmm. landscaping and the commercial landscaping. And, and now, you know, I, I'm very happy to see you evolve into the small farm and organic gardening arena as well so tell us about that new uh, sustainable AG degree and what you plan um, you know what kind of, kind of who you're targeting and uh, who do you think what what sort of courses are being offered within that program tell us a little bit more about that
4: yeah it's really interesting I, I would say about ten years ago I remember talking to our community education person in we were talking about, oh, what kind of classes can we offer, you know, for general interest? And, and I said something about organic gardening and said, you know, we just can't fill those, those things. There's just no interest in it. And then, boy, not <laughs> more than a couple of years later, that movement has just gone crazy. Um, yeah. The farm to table, farm to fork, um, the just the relationship in in our area in San Diego of farms and restaurants, farmers markets, people being so concerned about where their food's coming from, the recognition that there's some areas where people do not have access to good, healthy, organic food um, or any good, fresh food, let alone organic. And um, it's right. just amazing. The food um,
3: deserts. The food deserts. Yeah,
4: the, the food deserts. Exactly, sure. yeah. And, yeah. you know, Elementary schools are putting in school gardens, you know, nursing homes. uh, Corporate headquarters are putting in organic gardens so that they can feed their uh, staff, you know, and their food services there. It's just amazing how much it's grown. And students are so keenly interested in it. it, So really it was kind of a, a drive between just sort of an upwelling of student interest, Our own personal sort of philosophies of the faculty there at the college, and then the industry saying, "Hey, we just don't have enough people that are educated in these uh, procedures and the the laws and the regulations, the methods of yeah, doing everything." And um, and so many people are, you know, sick of the nine to five, whatever, and they're just yearning to be able to do something positive. You know, for the environment, for food, um, it's just amazing. People are just ditching the corporate world in some areas, and then really getting back to the land. And it just sort of reminds me of the '70s all over again. Kind of exciting.
3: Yeah. Well, you, we know that there that we need people who are have training in irrigation. There's just not there's not oh, enough yeah. trained irrigation technicians to fill mm-hmm. the need from you know corporate farms, family farms to landscape applications, so I can imagine that this uh, new area of organic, it's not new, it's, it's old as <laughs> old, but uh, yeah, know, organic yeah. farming, I mean, when I was in college decades ago, it was a pipe dream that that would even take off, and of course now mm. it's mainstream. So Right. right um, yeah. We need people that have that training, and it's just so wonderful. So tell us what a uh, student who's in that two-year program, what, what classes would they take?
4: Well, um, they do take, everybody has to take plant science, Uh, So they learn about how plants grow, the physiology and a little bit of ecology and, you know, invasive species get involved in that particular class. They learn about um, how they adapt to the environment, Mm -hmm. take up nutrients, that sort of thing. Um, We have a big following now in our our soil science class, too, that they have to take. Mm
1: -hmm. That's
4: another AHA class where students learn that everything really starts and ends in the soil and how you can do so much to improve the soil, and so that's a really important and key class that they take. Um, everybody takes irrigation as well, so they take the irrigation and water management. We only have the one course, but we cover a lot of ground in that, and um, they also, a new class that we started too is called Horticulture Laws and Regulations, and that one is amazing. <laughs> it's and they keep adding more laws and more regulations and the class mm. keeps growing, but, um, mm. it's a fascinating class. Um, it sounds kind of dull and deadly, but, um, our instructor that's developed it has really done an excellent job getting in on, you know, some of the key issues and things that are happening now and how you as a, a wannabe farmer, a wannabe landscape contractor, or whatever, nursery operator need to know all these. And, uh, you know, it's just incredible what people don't know and all the laws and things they're violating and how you can, you know, really protect the environment, too, which is the thrust of a lot of the new laws and regulations. So um,
1: right.
4: So that's exciting. Um, so
1: we also IPM, have um, crop production courses.
3: IP- mm-hmm. Say that again. Go ahead.
4: Oh, yeah, we have crop production courses. So we'll have, mm-hmm. like, cool season, warm season, et cetera. And as you, I think we're beginning to talk about the integrated pest management as well. Um, so that's another big key course that everyone takes.
3: Yeah. So that that looks like just um, you know almost the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more to learn, but that <laughs> that that is mm-hmm. really the you know a core group of six or eight classes that can get somebody mm-hmm. going. I mean, it's they really better can, than yeah. yeah, starting starting from nothing. Now, another th- uh, question I have is, how do you find, define organic? I mean, it means so many different things to so many different people, along with the word mm-hmm. sustainability. But in the context of your program, please define organic.
4: Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I guess it's, you um, know, a recent survey was called in San Diego County uh, among farmers just saying You know, how many people are doing conventional, how many are doing, you know, more organic, sustainable, or somewhere on the continuum. Some of them do both. And it was quite heartening to see that, um, you know, maybe, oh, 36% or so are still doing conventional, but everybody else is somewhere on that continuum of either certified organic, uh, doing it organically but not certified, and then others that are kind of in that transition, or maybe even doing both, so it was really heartening to see that that's a big movement um, and of course, in San Diego County, most of our farms are very small um, I think nine acres is about the average um, for the farm so we have probably the most small farms as we um, in California and probably even in the United States in our county so it's um it's quite amazing but you know in in defining that it's Just taking into consideration how you produce things. Um, the inputs you put in, you know, trying to be as sustainable, keeping in mind the soil and how to improve that. It's it's sort of not just sustaining it, but maybe even being more regenerative, you know, and and healing the soil and building it up and making sure that it's, you know, going to still be good and, and productive after you take a crop off of it. So all those practices that go into building that up um, using water wisely and, and managing it for the optimum growing condition. And then once you produce the crop, you know, how do you market it? How do you get it, you know, to your end user? And what kind of, uh, you know, practices you have to go through that? So, you know, the shipping, the handling, and, and just doing everything as sustainably as possible. Um, and yeah, so hopefully being profitable—that's the hard part. But um, that yeah, would be yeah. the, the end goal.
3: <laughs> I, I know many farmers who consider uh, who define the word sustainability as being able to be their farming the next year. So it's it's totally mm. all about the pocketbook mm-hmm. and and the economics exactly. of it. But sure. yeah, yeah, it's such a wide topic. People want organic food for so many different reasons. Some of it is health. Uh, some of it is um, protection of the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's the food mile um, thing. Um, Definitely. But, yeah, bottom line, there's um, all sorts of good reasons to go that way. I'm so happy that it's uh, mm-hmm. really mainstream. And I don't know that you listened to the show in September, but we had a, uh, another fantastic guest, uh, uh, Julian Cribb from Australia, who wrote Surviving the 21st Century. And
1: mm.
3: many of the things that he talked about were about our food production system how it it absolutely will and has to change in order to sustain how many people we have on the planet and to not Mm -hmm. continue to degrade uh, and consume the resources on the planet. And one of the big trends that he predicts uh, will happen is uh, growing more food in the cities, just what you're talking about with this program.
1: Mm -hmm. These students
3: will go back to the restaurants. Um, You know, if we have some sort of a disaster and the trucks don't get into the cities, uh, the food trucks. The cities will die in a couple of days. You know, we have to grow some food within our cities. Sure. sure. so I, I think this program is just great for that. So yeah. um what where do you think these students are gonna get um jobs or do you think most of them will start their own companies or or is it you know,
4: that's, a, that's a great question. We have um you know a couple of our students are saying, Hey, I wanna start my own nonprofit foundation, you know, to support healthy food systems. And so there's, um, you know, I've had more than one that's come to me and and said that's their end goal. Um, I have one woman who's very involved with her kids' school, and she's so excited about learning about irrigation on these small scales, and she wants to go in and implement that in, in the school system in her area. So she's excited about, you know, passing that information on. Um, a lot of them are into producing, you know, for the farmer's market um, customers, so they're involved in that aspect of it. A few of them actually do work for, you know, large uh, producers, and those producers are, you know, transitioning from maybe conventional to becoming more sustainable, you know, saving their themselves, you know, their bottom line. They're, they're realizing now that it might be a little... You know, there might be a few things that are a little more expensive to transition into, but the payback after a while is, is great. And, um, you know, and then just that satisfaction of being, doing the right thing, really, I think is it so is.
1: important.
3: It, yeah, it's all about the right thing. Mm-hmm. And I think people are finding that they're willing to pay a few pennies more for that peach uh, in sure. order to do the right thing, too, to take exactly. care of the earth because... Mm-hmm the end of the day there are no jobs on a dead planet right right
1: <laughs>
0: you've
3: got to keep the earth going so that we can all uh you know float along
0: with mm-hmm. it Inky, uh, can i can I ask a quick question
3: yeah i rob i was saying you were you're were so quiet i oh. thought you would have jumped in a lot earlier well, i didn't want uh, far, you're dude.
0: the host and i didn't want to interrupt on your show but oh, well, uh, <laughs> i do respect <laughs> you a lot um and and congratulations to uh, to Clara. We we won an award also that year too. But I don't want to go into that um, for the radio show. But um, so when you talked about organic, oh, yeah. So when you talk about organic, I um, my wife and I sometimes on a Saturday go t- to downtown and, and where we live, and they have a, a farmers mm-hmm. market and such. And they say it's organic food. How do how does one know that it truly mm. is organic?
4: Well, if they are certified um, that means there's been an inspection Mm -hmm. and that they follow all these practices that you know reduce the well basically instead of doing conventional fertilization and conventional pest control they do organic methods and there's a strict list of products that they may or may not use for that production so because they know growing um, up they would
0: be certified <clears throat> you know, growing up, I used to go to the market and see oranges that said sun-kissed that were stamped on it. So, uh-huh. But but do they do that with organic food? I mean, I my wife does the shopping. I don't for food. So I don't know. I, I just know when I go there, it, it says above the, you know, uh, above the uh, shelves there or by the vegetables, it says organic vegetables. But mm-hmm. when I pick one up, I wouldn't know the difference between looking at one versus another one that isn't. And they do have both in the stores. You can get this this product that's organic mm-hmm. tomato and this one that isn't. How do you are you so is, is there a regulation that they got to be, you know, that has got to be labeled that way or?
4: Yep, it's a whole supply chain thing. So it might start at the nursery where the seeds were grown would would be organic. The
0: conditions
4: that it's grown under, the way it's harvested, packaged, etc. So all through that supply chain, it's inspected and certified.
0: But does, it, does so the does the actual product does the actual product have a mm-hmm. label that says that?
3: It, Sometimes. it will, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. 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 So, here, I'm, a, the, I'm a
0: good eater. I'm not a good look at the vegetable. <laughs> I, I, so I yeah. can't tell. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so some, some farmers markets are restrictive, and they'll say we only have certified organic farmers that are able to uh, display here, you know, and, and sell their wares, and others are a little more mixed. And then there's some people that follow the practices, but they haven't gone through the process of being inspected and certified, because mm. it is costly. Um, and there's a, a bit of a rigmarole that goes, you know, through that. And so some farmers haven't really taken that step yet, um, but they so Claire, still do all the right things.
3: Clara, would you agree that it's really up to the grocery stores and the restaurants to do due diligence and make sure that the products that they're buying are indeed actually certified? And I, I think they have people in their produce departments that are definitely doing that.
4: Sure, yeah, and their buyers and, and everybody. And, and I actually, I have... One friend who's a farmer here in Oceanside and he follows you know all those practices and the chefs actually come out and pick their own. He allows yeah. them to just come in and you know and so they know it's hey I picked this this morning it's on the menu tonight and you know it doesn't get any fresher or better than that.
3: And you can taste, yeah, Rob, you just have to taste all the peaches in the uh, grocery store aisle, and the best one, you'll know that that's the one that's organic. And, that's, you know,
0: and then you'll bail me out, right? <laughs>
3: you'll leave <you'll laughs> your cheap mark and all, all the, uh, you know, the conventionally grown I,
0: stuff. I know a long, time ago, a long time ago I asked the question about organic farming and, and the reason why it costs more, and they said because they don't use, the, you know, the chemicals and all things, but, and, but they get a lesser quantity of, of, of crop doing mm-hmm, that as yeah. well. So they, they, they don't make as much, you know, they don't get as much bulk of product uh, doing it organically. So that's why the prices are a little higher, aside from the other reasons. Is mm-hmm. that, that a truism? or?
4: Um, You know, I, I think because you're doing it organically, there's a little bit more loss um, due to pests.